goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. Here we are. It is Monday. Welcome to our Monday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be on the program as we begin Thanksgiving week. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. On Friday, uh, we had a call, someone that was ragging uh, uh, former First Lady Rosalind Carter when it was announced that she had begun hospice care. She passed away over the weekend, of course. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter, and and uh, the praise from her has come in from all quarters, uh, including uh, the Trumps, all of the past presidents. I haven't seen anything from the Obamas, but I'm sure they they commented it as well. Um, Bill Clinton sent out something for Diane Feinstein. They withdrew that quickly and then corrected it with the right information regarding their thoughts on Rosalind Carter. And uh, it is said in many of these, they talk about the fact that she was a tireless, a tireless advocate for mental health reform, and that job in America has still yet to be completed. She's lying in repose today at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum. Of course, I always think about some of the things that Rush said during his time, and one of the things that Rush pointed out was that it was before Jimmy Carter started his uh, uh, Habitat to Humanity uh, uh, Habitat to Humanity thing. Richard Nixon had passed away, and Rush often used to joke that uh, what happened was the funeral for Richard Nixon, which was televised. All of the American presidents that were living were there and including Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. And as this praise was being given to Richard Nixon, one of the things that happened was Rush used to say, Rosalind was there elbowing Jimmy. See that? You see that? They're all talking about his legacy. you got to do something. And, and that's when he began his post-presidential career as a humanitarian. The fact of the matter is that both of them were in hospice at the same time. It came as a little bit of surprise that Rosalind Carter passed away before Jimmy did. Jimmy's still alive. I shouldn't say before he did, before President Carter, who's still alive. And, of course, he praised her as his equal. That was the first thing, an, an equal partner. And then that brought back another flood of memories because when, when Bill Clinton was running the first time for president, 
the nation was on fire at first with this idea of buy one, get one free, a BOGO, with the presidency, meaning that Hillary would be the co-president, buy one, get one free. And that kerfuffle led to her actually becoming quite, Hillary becoming quite defensive and saying she wasn't going to just stay in the kitchen and bake cookies like one of those stand-by-your-man types. And that sparked another, well, yeah, boy, you guys weren't around then. You guys were not around or not paying attention. You were in diapers, some of you guys on the staff in diapers. Oh, it was it was hectic. And so it was like, what do you mean you buy one, get one free? We don't want one free. The First Lady's not a co-president, but people forget that Rosalind Carter was very involved in Jimmy Carter's presidency. She sat in on the cabinet meetings and he and he often, very often, looked for her for guidance and, and talked about everything with her in terms of policy. So we had already had sort of a buy one, get one free with Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter. Now, mind you, the Carter presidency was an utter disaster, but that's just political speaking and we don't want to say anything nasty. I don't want to anyway. Other people might. I don't want to say anything mean or nasty about the Carters today or any other day. Look, there's a time when you can put all the politics aside and, and, and just reflect on the fact that people do the best that they can with what they have. And we are not the ultimate judge. The, we all of us need to be concerned about how we're going to be judged when we have to give account for our lives instead of maybe being so anxious to lay criticism on others at times. And not that there are people that don't deserve criticism. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to offer a perspective. Uh, it is Joe Biden's birthday. Joe Biden, the oldest American president at 81 years old. Today, uh, while making remarks that were supposedly, I guess, written out by whoever writes out the remarks for the president, Joe Biden was going to reference Taylor Swift, and instead he confused Taylor Swift with Britney Spears. This all happened during the pardoning of the turkey exercise that presidents go through. I wonder what happens to that turkey. They always bring out, and you notice it's always like a white turkey they bring out. So they always bring out this white turkey and they pardon it right before things. Whatever happens to that turkey? I don't know. But anyway, the president got confused. You could say it's even harder than getting a ticket to the Renaissance tour or for Britney's tours she's down in. It's kind of warm in Brazil right now, he said. Yeah, it's. Or it's Taylor Swift that's in Brazil. Poor guy. White House, by the way, there are people there, apparently, this story uh, was in, I think, the Daily Mail today. Yes. No, it was at Fox News, actually. Biden insiders want him to walk shorter distances on camera. Wear shoes that reduce the risk of falling. People close to President Biden have reportedly pushed for him to 
Replace formal shoes with more comfortable ones. Walk shorter distances on camera. Some Democrats questioning Biden's campaign plan to deal with the president's age. People, it's not his age. There are plenty of people that are Joe Biden's age that are fully engaged. So this reference, they keep referencing in almost every article, his age, his age. It's not his age. It is how adroit he is or is not, how functional and competent he is to handle his job. He is or is not at the age that he is. And those questions could come at an earlier age. There are people who are in their 80s who are just as mentally astute as they have been. They're sharp as as ever. It's not the age. But anyway, according to this article at Fox, Democrat strategists and donors are reportedly very frustrated over the Biden's campaign and how they want to handle the president's quote-unquote age issue. Some Democrats are suggesting that they haven't done enough to calm the concerns with the What can they do? What kind of strategy do you have when a person is having issues, the kind of issues that Joe Biden has had? What strategy would work? You could say, well, look, we're just going to stop doing some things that he clearly can't do. But if you announce that, you're giving every opponent that the president would have the issue, you're handing it over to him, saying he can't do the job. So what strategy is there? People see and hear the condition that he's in. Now, Joe Biden has always been a gaffe machine. His entire career has been plagued with gaffe and plagiarism, gaffes and plagiarism, gaffes and plagiarism, ever since he was a senator. So what can you do? Oh, we, we, we have a strategy to stop the gaffes? Well, that's not going to happen. And on top of that, now you've got the issue of corruption rearing its ugly head or its truthful head. So the Democrats will have a lot on their plate. There is still panic. There, and, and by the way, the panic is not just with one party. Bubbling up out there are the number of Congress members, representatives who are saying, we've had enough, we're retiring. Dozens of members of Congress have already announced that they will not run to keep their seats in 2024. Now, some of these are in safe districts. Others are not. But any time there's an opening from incumbents, there's the, the, the possibility of that seat being not as secure as it was. For instance, even in a safe district, if you have multiple candidates, for instance, for the sake of argument, let's just say a Democrat, in a safe district decides, okay, I'm, I'm going to resign. I don't want to run against this, but it's a blue district. 
But you could have multiple candidates lined up for that primary position and one Republican. And if, if the roll of the dice happens properly, the Democrats end up splitting the vote, and you could have a Republican squeak in a safe seat. Now, would that Republican keep it for more than one at one term? I, I don't know. Don't have that kind of a crystal ball. But anytime you have an incumbent, leave a seat. Because the trend in, in, in this country unmistakably is that incumbents have an electoral advantage. Anytime an incumbent retires, that seat potentially becomes a seat that could be in jeopardy. 27 members of the House so far have said that they are not going to seek re-election, and that number could increase. And then there's George Santos from New York, who has already said he's, he's among the 27, says he's not going to run. Well, there's still moves on the table to expel him not even wait, just get because of the report, the ethics report that came out last week that was so disastrous for George Santos. So we'll see what that seat is going to be like. That was a squeaker when he won. Democrats are panicked as well over Joe Manchin. That continues. Democrat senators are saying if Manchin decides to run for president as an independent, it will hurt Joe Biden's re-election effort. And they view it as a nightmare, a nightmare. If he takes any of Biden voters, they think that could hand the election to Donald Trump. Biden's polling numbers are terrible. Debbie Stabenow, Michigan, I think would be very unfortunate if Joe Manchin decides to do that, meaning to run for president. I know he's a supporter of President Biden, has been an important person here in the U.S. Senate in terms of getting things done, and he knows that if he were to step into the race, it would make it much more likely Donald Trump would be president again. And I know, I know Joe Manchin doesn't want that. Well, maybe Joe Manchin thinks he could win, Debbie. And that's what this no-labels crowd is about. They believe the time may be right for a third-party candidate to win. Others, like this senator from Connecticut, who I don't understand how he ever was elected. This is the guy, the Stolen Valor, the Stolen Valor candidate and senator, Richard Blumenthal. My reaction is disappointment, deep disappointment. At his core, I think Joe Manchin is a Democrat, and he believes in Democratic values and principles. I am deeply disappointed he's even still talking about a possible run that would undermine Joe Biden. The simple stark fact is that a mansion run for president would undercut Joe Biden. <laughs> Boy, I hope Biden, I hope Manchin runs. I just hope, I hope, I hope Joe Manchin just says, I'm going to run. The Bieber. Yeah. Yeah.
The Bieber Top, uh, the single starts with Sorry. Breaking a chart record for the most tracks inside the top 40. Eight songs from the album Purpose. That record was set by Elvis Presley. 1957, when he had seven songs in the top 40 singles charts. Bieber broke it down. Sorry. As much as I never liked the press about this guy, you have to say he is really talented. I mean, along with the technology. I wonder what half of these guys would sound like if they didn't have that auto-tuner and that, that auto-electronic, make-my-voice-sound-electronic effect on their voice. Not good. Yeah. If they really had to sing they really without had the help, if they really had to sing without any help from electronic tuners, with, uh, with help from this electronic whatever the what do you call this thing is it the auto tune it's auto tune yeah it's auto tune yeah yeah and pitch correction too right even i could sing with that i say yeah i'm serious anyone even i can, can sing no, with that can. you're right but i still get i got still got to take it away the guy actually his final products sound good there's a reason this kid this kid is popular. Anyway, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Thanksgiving week, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you want to talk about all week. You don't have to just talk about what I'm talking about. Whatever is on your mind this Thanksgiving week. On the phones here at WABC. Most nervous rush hour, 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. On the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Jim Brown. Not the football player, but the musician. The drummer with UB40. 1983, this 1988. Number one single, Red Red Wine. And that will be on the Thanksgiving menu for many people. Of course, a caution. We have, and I talked about this at length on the Saturday show. I won't go through it at length here. There is a storm that is moving all through the United States. And there will be, it is expected that there will be horrible weather on the I-95 corridor during Thanksgiving, if forecast right. I find it amazing. You know, they can forecast and tell us what the weather is going to be like a century from now, these global warming guys, but they can't tell us with accuracy what's going to happen five days from now, four days from now. But if it holds, this storm has moved all the way from the West Coast, passing through a lot of the country, passing through the Plain States, and expected to hit the Northeast by Thanksgiving. So be very, very careful on the roads. And if you are flying, wherever you are flying, check the schedules. Have your backup plan in place just in case. 
your flights are affected by all of it. Yeah, Rhonda told me, hey, with that with that electronic America Small Caffeinated Mom, hey, you could find redemption after your disastrous seventh grade performance. It was sixth grade, actually. It was, um, I was, it ruined my acting career. Yeah, I was going to be, I, I was like the lead role in Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore. I was the captain. You're very, very good, and be it understood, you're the right good captain, Q. Yeah, and I had the lead role. And so I get to, this song ends, whatever it is. I am the captain of the Pinafore, and I rock good captain, Q. And so get to the end part. And it's this real high note, and I screech for it, and my voice broke. The whole audience fell out. They just, I mean, it was it was so, it crushed. I was so crushed. It was just like, and that was it for me in acting. I'm like, okay, I'm done with that. Had not that, if I had the elect, if I had auto-tune, I would have probably become a world-famous actor by now. Move over, Sam Jackson, move over. All the rest of them move over all these guys, uh, the Idris, whatever his name is, that plays Luther. I like him. I would have been like the man. But no, 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 no auto-tune for James. And it was like PS-136, Captain of the Pinafore, the, 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 the goat of the Pinafore. Anyway. <laughs> oh, it just shows you. <laughs> You go where you're supposed to go in life. I'm not unhappy about it. So uh, the brilliant policy wonk, we have our own policy wonk here. She is Princess Diana, Princess of Policy. Brilliant. I had some guy try to attack her on the weekend, too. Saturday was just like, if you listen to the Saturday show, you know this past Saturday was, this was, anyway, I decided to take a call for Princess Guy. Some guy gets on that doesn't even listen to the show. You could tell because he starts telling me that I'm, I name call people, and I never do. On purpose. It's a thing with me. I don't, I don't do the name calling thing. I don't call Joe Biden all kind of names. I don't call people all kind of names because I, it's just my own policy. I, I just don't want to engage in that. And when I occasionally slip, I slap myself for it. And it's very rare. Anyway, he's telling me I mean I name call people, call people. I said, give me an example. You call Joe Biden stupid and see you now. Nope, never have. You don't listen to me. And he's calling Diana Princess Diana. Well, you come with scripting. She Diana never scripts anything. It's all just off the cuff conversation. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant. She's the most brilliant policy analyst ever. Diana Princess Di, for those of you that don't know it, Princess Di was the editrix of the Limbaugh letter the most highly successful political newsletter in American history. Ten million, that, that, that had so many subscribers, it's off the chain, out the chain. Anyway, she never scripts anything. She's brilliant. And this guy was just being mean, so we got rid of him. That was part of the whole Saturday meltdown this weekend. It was a, it was a total meltdown. It was kind of funny. My mic is open. I'm like, you know, saying, thank goodness. And I, I get on my knees, and not literally, but I should literally just get on my knees and thank God to give, that he gave me the presence not to say anything off color while I, while I didn't realize my mic was, was open. But, um, and so all sorts of stuff happened Saturday. But anyway, I digress. The reason I brought that up 
is because we've got another policy maven now. She's yes, she's like she's trying to out, outdo Diana as princess of policy. She wants to be the new princess of policy. Cardi B. Cardi B's jumping in the policy game. She's actually commenting on budget cuts in New York. First of all, the the shocker is that Cardi B, I shouldn't say this because this might be considered mean, but I mean, come on, do you ever expect Cardi B to comment on the New York City budget, on budget matters? There's Cardi B weighing in on the budget. And you know what? Here's the thing. The Grammy-winning singer took to live stream video to slam the Democrat mayor, that would be Eric Adams, in a profanity-filled message after his recent announcements of widespread budget cuts. And she said, if something happens to me, it's because she's speaking the truth. She said 120 million budget cut on schools, libraries, police department, and sanitation. She said, New York is already effing super dirty. How is there a $100 million budget cut in New York for effing schools, library, police safety, and sanitation? Yet Joe Biden is talking about, yeah, we can fund two wars. She went on to say, this is going to be a crime-ridden city. Cardi B got it right. Cardi B. That's when you know. Okay, this is Dwayne Ullman. Celebrating the birthday, having the birthday of Dwayne Allman, guitarist, co-founder of the Allman Brothers Band today. And there's Dwayne's guitar work for you as we head in to check with traffic and other things. Meanwhile, I'm going to go reflect on the acting career that could have been if I was indeed the captain of the pinafore. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1966, The Supreme is on WABC Talk Radio 77. Then it was Music Radio. Number one. Oh, there you are, baby. I'll keep me hanging on. This one would stay at number one for two weeks. You know, this is Holland Dozier in Holland. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Guess what? A year earlier, same day, back in 1965, with another Holland Dozier and Holland hit for the Supremes. Let's head to the telephones. We start with Kathy in New Jersey. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you? Hi. It's good to be back, Bo. 
thanks for playing Diana Ross and the Supremes. And um, I, I had one last thing to tell you after I told you about my first concert at The Temptations when I was like yes. 14. I said to my friend and my mother, my father rather, I said, I don't think our people know what they're missing. <laughs> Listen to me. Because in the neighborhood, you know, in the backyard parties, we all played Motown, right? And so I'm in this concert at Madison Square Garden. And, like, you know, it's okay. But I was like, wow, what are these people missing? And then, I'm like t- I said, the next concert was Elton John and John Lennon. I don't know how much longer after that. But I wanted to give a plug, and it's nonprofit, teachrock.org, with Curtis Teach King Rock. Jr., mm-hmm. teachrock.org. It's founded by Little Steven. They're having a benefit for New York City public schools where they bring music into the curriculum. Cross well, how genre. can you not love that? How can you not love that? That is awesome. Especially since, especially since all the schools, thanks to Eric Adams' budget cuts, are going to be cutting back on their programs, millions and millions of dollars. And music and art programs are always the first to go. I wonder what Cardi B would say about that. I know she's not going to be happy about that. But, Kathy, give the name of that website one more time so people can check it out, please. Yes, please. Now, if you want tickets, you write to Michael at teachrock.org. And Teach? it's going to be mm-hmm. an all-star lineup. What? Yeah, go ahead. Keep, go ahead. Teachrock.org, December 6th. You can get a table. The top of the line from the E Street Band, surprise guests. And it's and they're already rocking it across the country. It started in Jersey. I was at one of the kickoff events in Morristown at the Mayo Center maybe six years ago. Now it's in curriculums all over New Jersey, all over the country. And we're Wonderful. building on it. I'm a volunteer. Kathy, great work. Thank you, my darling. Appreciate your call. Let us head out to California. It must be vacation time. Gracie, welcome from the state, the golden state of California. How are you? Uh, hi, Bo. Uh, love you. You know that. I haven't been able to listen to the stat- Saturday extravaganza. I know I get up early, but not night. Uh, not that early. Listen, what I called about was this. Joe Manchin, I have no use for him. Why I have no use for him? Because he and the uh, Arizona Senator Cinnamon both caved in and voted for the, for the mess, for uh, uh, the beginning of the mess, financial mess we're in when, with their votes. So I am very annoyed with him. And anybody who remembers or who doesn't have Sanaya like our president should remember these things. And the Republicans, if they want to win, and if Trump wants to win, he's got to talk about his three years before the Chinese unleashed the epidemic. And I'm using the word unleashed. Well, you, I think you're using it correctly, Gracie. And then, look, there are a lot of people that have all sorts of things to say about Joe Manchin. I still hope he runs. I hope he runs for the exact reason Democrats don't want him to run. The fewer votes for Joe Biden, the better. And I hope that that Mr. Manchin thinks that he and this no-labels crowd can pack a dent in it. I encourage it. 
please do. Meanwhile, you be careful out in California, Gracie, uh, especially if you happen to be in SoCal. That would be Southern California. If you're out in SoCal, be on the lookout. There's a guy out there named Dashwan Dark Dashwan. I, I don't know Dashwan. His name is Dashwan Dow. <clears throat> a 20-year-old L.A. man released five times in the last 18 months on armed robbery charges. He committed another stick-up. He's been arrested, released five times in the last year. Home-style robberies, armed and dangerous, shoved the barrel of a handgun into a victim's stomach, captured, that was captured on surveillance video, they keep releasing this criminal like they do in blue cities all over, over and over, over and over again. He's a serial robbery suspect, just one of the ones to be careful for if you're hanging out in Southern California. Also, uh, you'll be pleased to know the University of Arizona students held a walkout. Over a thousand of them, a thousand of them. Why? In support of Hamas. Well, in support of Palestinians to so support not Hamas. That's what they say. By the way, if you haven't been following the elections abroad, Argentina. Have you heard about the Argentina elections? Yes, we have. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The Argentina elections, delicious. Libertarian uh, candidate there who wants to get rid of Argentina's swamp has won. Shocked the world. No prior government experience. His uh, resume also includes working as a tantric sex coach. Now, those of you who know about tantric sex, we can talk about that on Saturday, assuming my mic isn't open. Um, We can talk about tantric sex then, but that was just part of it. He says he's going to drain the swamp. He's a libertarian, crowd chanting liberty, liberty, let them all leave in Response to the political class, Donald Trump has congratulated him. Another libertarian victory running against the swamp in Argentina. Israel has arrested an NBC journalist. Yes, a journalist from the national broadcasting company, NBC, has been arrested for glorifying the Hamas attacks and identifying with the terrorist group, there are posts that she made, and she's admitted to making these posts, that are grievous. One of them was a pro-Hitler post. Oh, yeah. She's admitted to making the post. She's under arrest right now. She arrived without her cell phone, but with telephone numbers on her legs, ready to be arrested, and fully admitted to making the post. You can find that story if you want to search for it in today's New York Post. And I don't know whether you've been following this whole thing with Elon Musk. We talked about that very briefly. Princess Di talked about the fact that he is going to sue. He says he's going to sue Media Matters. Disney and Apple have pulled their ads from X following... This, it, all I can say is it's a feeding frenzy smear story that Elon Musk is anti-Semitic. Now, anybody that has watched how conservatives are treated in the mainstream press will not be surprised by this. We've seen this happen 
over and over again. These feeding frenzies set off by a false narrative. That is what's happening with Elon Musk at the moment. There is danger out there. China, you can find this story at the Daily BS today, is rapidly closing the gap in submarine capabilities with the United States. They already have outdistanced us when it comes to a blue water navy. Now they're going for the undersea advantage with submarines. We're worried about what pronouns our military people are using. They're worried about making sure that if they have to engage, they're going to win. And they're building their military capabilities while we sit and do nothing. 1971, Isaac Hayes. Two weeks at number one with this, the theme from the motion picture Shaft. Yeah, it was not too long ago. It was just a few weeks ago that the star of that movie passed away, Richard Roundtree. Anyway, back then, 1971, this one at number one. Isaac Hayes' theme from Chaff Shaft is it's time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. And then we're coming back with more of your calls here on Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1947 on this day, Joe Walsh enters the earthly scene. Guitarist, singer, songwriter, led the James Gang before joining the Eagles. Here's our tribute, Joe Walsh. Two great bands, the James Gang, the Eagles. Solo artist also under the name Barnstorm. He had a 1973 breakthrough album, The Smoker. You drink, the player you dip. And, of course, with the Eagles, this one, the iconic. This guitar work is beautiful. We got Dwayne Allman and now Joe Walsh. Today's like guitar day. Hotel California. Happy birthday, Joe Walsh. On WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's get to the phones again. Matt in Parkway. How are you, Matt? Welcome. Hey, what's going on? Uh, long-time caller, first-time first caller, long-time listener, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I, 
I was hoping to talk about uh, everybody's talking about the, the no labels party and and all that, but uh, nobody's talking about RFK. RFK he, is still out there, and he is right now his anywhere between if you look at the polling, anywhere between twenty two and thirty some odd percent of voters are looking at RFK that would vote in in Democrat in primaries. I believe I'll have to look at the poll numbers again. But he is a significant force. Now, he's not a force that looks like he's headed on a trajectory to win just yet. Anything can change. It's politics. But he's out there, and he is still campaigning hard. Seems like the media hardly talks about him at all, though. Or, like, when it gets brought up, it's, oh, yeah, and RFK is doing this. But then it's, it's no more detail than that. And um, Why do you suppose that is? Well, I think that he's saying a lot of good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer. He's he's for American values and he's for community again. And I haven't seen a client speak like a politician and not in a snake oil way in a long time. Well, we're still trying to. Um, <clears throat> we've reached out to RFK's campaign, mm-hmm. and we are still doing our best. We've got a long way to go, so I'm I'm very sure that we will at some point will be able to have him on the show here. And I look forward to that because he is a force, and we want to hear what he has to say. And I'll tell you, I think he has changed a lot of minds. I think if you looked before what the information that is now known about the COVID-19 vaccines, I think people are taking a second look at him. When he was just being smeared as this anti-vaxxer nut lunatic, that was enough. But people now are taking a second look and going back and looking at his track record and the things that he said. And they say, you know, this guy's been pretty well researched all the way along. And so what they're seeing is a lot of media hype about RFK Jr. is falling away, and people are taking a fresh look at him. So we'll be really interested in speaking with him. Matt, thank you for the call. Rose in Lindbrook, New York. How are you, Rose? Great. I guess it's the, the the ninth for first time callers, but I was just wondering if Newsom, let's say for argument's sake, will be the Democratic nominee. He's already transmitted that he's in favor of reparations. Is this just a false promises? It, is it being is it constitutional or unconstitutional? Is it being challenged? Newsom has changed his mind on reparations. Apparently, he was all for reparations until they started putting dollar figures on it out in California. They had this big hearing, and then they had this big commission, and then they started coming up with numbers, 200 million, no, that's not enough, this million, that million, this hundred million, and all of a sudden, Newsom turned sour on reparations. At the same time, he started making it known that he was interested in the presidency. So I would say, and and then, of course, he hosted the big uh, Xi Jinping summit out there in California. After being treated like royalty in China, he is running for president. Now, we shall see whether he will be able to depose Joe Biden somehow. He's running. Now, Princess Di also has said that she thinks it's we're going to hear from the Obamas before all this is over, Michelle in particular. So we'll see. We've got a lot of time to go. Uh, great point, Rose. Great point. Yes. Let's all keep our eyes on Mr. Newsom. He made a wreck of California. Imagine what he'd do to, to the rest of the United States. Thank you for the call. Glad you called. Love the first-time callers. Uh, Robert, in Brooklyn, New York, you're up next, quickly. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Well, you know, the one thing about RFK is very concerning because 
Initially, when he was going to start running in the Democrat primary, so I thought maybe he's trying to, you know, fix the Democrat primary. But now he's running as a as a as a independent, and that means he, he effectively he would try to spoil it for Donald Trump. And Let so, me tell you something. No matter what, there would be some Trump. Look, I have to explain this tomorrow. If you run, no matter what, depending on your positions, you could take votes from someone else. So it'll be interesting. It'll be more interesting if Robert Kennedy and Joe Manchin are in on it. My friends, that's the time we have for today. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Be safe this Thanksgiving week. God willing, we will be back tomorrow for Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour, the Tuesday edition. Love and gratitude for your being here today and allowing me to be with you. And we'll see you later. Bye.